Welcome to the Forsaken Body Podcast, a show about overcoming the tendency of Christians to focus so much on the soul that they neglect the body. I'm Lainey Greer, and here, of course, with Nikki DeLucy, and we're so glad that you've joined us today. Before we jump into today's episode, which, Nikki, is on a very important topic of sleep, we are going to just do a couple announcements that uh, we want to make you aware. Our first season is going to be wrapping up in the next few weeks, and I should probably give a precise number of weeks, but Nikki, I don't really have that yet, Mm. so (laughs) we're just going to say, we're going to say a few weeks. Um, But our last episode, we wanted to do kind of a question and answer one. We've gotten some questions from y'all just since we've started the podcast in November, but definitely send us other questions that you want us to address in that last episode that will probably come around sometime the end of March or early April. Does that sound about right, Nikki? Yeah, that. That sounds pretty good ballpark. And we definitely have gotten a f- quite a few questions already. And we know that we've probably just peaked a lot of a lot of different questions because, you know, we we're addressing it feels like topics that are so vast in one sense, and there's just never mm-hmm. no possible way we could cover every detail of you know, exercise and nutrition and all these things. So we're already getting some questions, but we definitely want to make a full episode out of it. So hit us with all your questions and we will do the best we can. All right. Before we get into sleep here real quick, how was your weekend? I know you were pretty busy, right? <laughs> yeah. So we did. sleep was not something that I got a lot of this past weekend. Um, it was actually just funny because it, planning on recording this episode and I had told Lainey, like, there's no way I can do it this weekend <laughs> because we um, we actually had our, our church's winter youth conference that we have every year kind of goes over a weekend uh, and the girls usually stay over my house and so I'm kind of youth leader slash chaperone slash also host and it was a complete blast we always have so much fun but yeah sleep was was definitely lacking this weekend. So I've recovered by going back to work today. Nice. Yeah, I uh, I did student ministry for a good seven years. And I, I remember all those uh, retreats and weekends and weeks. And yeah, you're recovering from sleep <laughs> several so days after you get back. Fun. So much fun. But yes. Yeah, sure. I, I got back from I visited um, a friend in Georgia. And that was, uh, that was a good time. Got back from that. And then actually yesterday at church, we did something that is one of my favorite things to do, but it's good. <laughs> You're going to be like, what? <laughs> we did like an old fashioned hymn sing where you open up your hymnal oh, that's so and awesome. you say your favorites and it's just the piano. And I love hymns. Yeah, I, I mean, I grew up singing out of a hymnal and I even have an open hymnal in my house and yeah. just throughout the day we'll flip around and it's just good. It's good to sing. The Lord calls us to sing songs of praise to him and hymns are full of deep truths and they're just good for us to reflect on. Anyway, for wow, sure. getting, well, that, getting off that, on why no, that, that brings me back, Lainey, because we I spent so much of my like college, early twenties, like definitely did a ton of hymn sings. So that 
that takes me back big time. That's awesome. Yeah. And there's, yeah. there's something really beautiful Good. about those old songs. Mm-hmm. And just singing, singing together like that with just piano music. I enjoy that too. Yeah. Okay. All right. Definitely pivoting now. So we are continuing in this episode to talk about stewardship basics. Y'all know that's pretty much been like the whole focus of this first season for Forsaken Body. And we have done the you know, sufficient exercise and nutrition. And now we're on the proper rest. So we discussed in the last episode the fact that we need to take time to rest, which was resting in the Lord, resting from work, intentional inactivity, because God designed our bodies with limitations. And those are good things, and we should embrace those. But we're talking about sleep in this episode because it is definitely separate from rest. Those are two different things. And I will say, right from the get-go that I said this on the last one with rest and I will say even more with this one. I, I'm a terrible sleeper. Like in the last two years, for some reason, my body has, has decided it doesn't need to sleep. And I, (laughs) Nikki knows this well, having (laughs) prescribed me different medications (laughs) to try. Um, I mean, gosh, Nikki, I average, I mean, I probably get three to four hours of sleep most nights Mm. a week. And then like, it's like one night torture. I'm like, (laughs) I'm out (laughs) for like probably 10, 12 hours. (laughs) Yeah. No, I wish. Try not to make up for it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh man. No, I know that's that's been a struggle. And I, I, I don't have um, the same, I don't claim to have the same kind of sleep problems that um, people with, with major insomnia issues have or like, but, but definitely have experienced. Um, my thing is I generally get pretty decent sleep. And then like once every two to three weeks, Lainey, I just have one night where I just cannot fall asleep. And that just, I mean, man, does it, it affects you big time. (laughs) It does. It's really the worst. Oh, it's awful. Yeah. So we're going to talk through, um, you know, why our bodies need sleep, how God created us to, to need, you know, uh, several hours more than I'm getting on most (laughs) nights. Um, and, and why we'll walk through that in a second, but I just want to go over some fast facts about sleep. Some of these, I feel like I knew, but then, then other, it's kind of crazy. The first one, did you know that we, we dream? Well, I don't, but most people dream <laughs> two hours every night. I did not know that. No, I didn't. Yeah, that's like on average, like it's a good night if I dream at all, but let alone like two hours. That's crazy. Um, I wonder if you're, okay. you definitely don't remember those like every night for sure. Yeah. I'm, I know that like definitely in our in our REM cycle, we're probably in, in, you know, dream states that we don't remember. So maybe I'm getting more of that than I realize, hopefully. So another one is about a third of Americans, we sleep less than seven hours a night, which kind of the general rule of thumb. And I know you, you, I'm sure know these numbers better than I do, but seven to nine hours, isn't that kind of the typical recommendation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that yeah. is, yep. Yep. No less than seven hours. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> many of us don't <laughs> abide by that. Have you ever heard of bruxism? I don't know if I'm saying that right. Bruxism. Why do I feel like I bruxism. have heard of that, but I couldn't define it's, it. Yeah, so it's it's pretty much grinding your teeth at night. Oh, and right. 10% of people 
do that. Yes. And this is insane. Like a lot of people, when they grind their teeth, there can be up to 250 pounds of force when you grind your teeth. Oh, word. That's crazy. <sighs> like I don't grind my teeth. I clench my teeth, okay. um, which is, you know, still not great. And there's probably a lot of force behind that. But yeah, 250 pounds. And the last thing to talk about before we get kind of on the medical importance of sleep, sleep apnea. So mm. I, there are people in my family that have that. One in 15 Americans do. Um, men are twice as likely to have it than women. Some people have it and don't even know it. I was reading that like most people with type 2 diabetes, up to 85% have it. And even even kids can have it, which is kind of insane. But like from your perspective as you know in the medical field, what what would you add about sleep apnea? Yeah. So I'm glad you brought that up, Lainey. Sleep apnea is actually huge. Um so first of all, people may not know what sleep apnea is. To clarify what it is, and a lot of times it's associated with snoring, but it's not it's not the snoring. So what it is often is uh periods, frequent periods throughout the night of not breathing, of, of actually um, your breath kind of being held for several seconds uh, all throughout the night. And when you add that up, it's actually a lot of time that your brain is being deprived of oxygen. So, you know, in a, a classic example, think of that person that is snoring um, and they kind of like snore that big snore, but then like you just hear them hold their breath and they don't exhale for quite a while. And, and even to the point, maybe sometimes where you're like, okay, are they still alive? Like, I mean, it can be that long. Um, and it, it is definitely more common than people think. Uh, large tonsils can be a cause of it for sure. Um, obesity is a huge cause of it. But it's very dangerous and people don't think of it as a super dangerous or scary condition. It's like, oh yeah, like I probably have some sleep apnea and it's sort of an afterthought. And you know, I confess sometimes even with my patients and it, it, there can be the temptation to think of it as an afterthought, but really it, it's incredibly dangerous. It is the cause of so many other medical issues. I, I mean, it can be the cause of your high blood pressure. You know, as I said, your brain is is being deprived of oxygen. And so it certainly can contribute to, you know, dementia type things down the road. Um, honestly, just you not feeling well throughout the day because you at no point in the night have actually gotten good sleep. So yeah, it's a major issue. If you have any thoughts or uh, suspicion that you may have sleep apnea, definitely consult with your doctor. It is treatable. There are just some different, I mean, obviously if you have big tonsils, you can <laughs> potentially get them taken out. <laughs> um, there are CPAP machines and different things that can help. Um, and, and I have had so many patient testimonials of just getting on that CPAP machine and the massive difference it's made, Lainey. So don't, don't discount it. If you suspect you may have it, definitely get with your doctor sooner rather than later. Yeah. And I've even seen like newer things inspire. I don't know much about that, but that's like a, a more modern way to deal with sleep apnea. I know there are different things out there, 
besides the mask, but I know the mask is probably the most common thing, but like Nikki, I remember, gosh, I don't know how many years ago, probably 15 or 20. I don't know if you know the name, but Reggie White, he was an amazing, he was a defensive end at Tennessee and went on to play for the Green Bay Packers. He was an amazing football player. And he he actually died from sleep apnea. And he was pretty young. Like there he was definitely not I mean, he wasn't playing anymore, but he was he was in his forties, probably early forties. And I just remember thinking, oh my goodness, he was this such this like big, strong guy. And he died in his sleep. And like that was so long ago. I was a lot younger and probably didn't fully understand it. But yeah, it was such a big deal. But I was just gonna list off these are, are things that are typically associated with if you are doing any of these things or maybe are suspicious that you are, it, it's probably a good sign that you do have sleep apnea, morning headaches which probably result from that lack of oxygen, right, yep, Nikki? Yep, yep, 100%. Yeah. Daytime sleepiness, lack of energy, irregular breathing during your sleep, snoring, nighttime gasping, choking, or coughing, frequent nocturnal urination, a.k.a. having to get up and pee a lot. Um, miserable. Depression. What? I said that's miserable. <laughs> yeah. Uh, depression. Uh, acid reflux and and a large neck size, which I assume may or not be associated with uh, large tonsils. Yeah, yeah. So that's a lot. Yeah, yeah, it is. And and as we've kind of touched on, more common than you may think. Yes. Yeah. And and the fact that kids can get it and it and chances oh, yeah. increase with age, like if you suspect that like your child has it, like man, addressing some some lifestyle things may be really important for protecting their health as they get older. All right, Nikki, so let's let's get into kind of the physiological reasons why we need sleep and then let's give some people some sleeping tips, yeah. although I feel like <laughs> <laughs> like a hypocrite. <laughs> yes, I know. It's me too sometimes. <laughs> so, preaching to preaching to ourselves here, that's for sure. <laughs> um, yeah, so medically, and again, this kind of goes back to some things that we touched on in the previous episode with rest, but there, there almost seems to be this sometimes guilt associated, right, with rest and taking the time that you need to rest, especially in our culture and and sleep too. You know, sometimes there can almost be like a bragging of sorts. Like I, I function off four hours of sleep and, you know, I do great. And it's like, oh man, okay, no, sleep, sleep is so important and it's okay to acknowledge and to feel the weight of that. Like, you need sleep. God, like Lainey said, designed us to need sleep. And it is essential to every process in the body. Um, it, it really is. Our bodies cannot function without sleep. It definitely affects um, your brain, brain health, your ability to think sharply and critically throughout the course of the day, your overall performance um, at your job, at school, um, whatever it may be. If you are lacking sleep, it's just not going to be as as good. Your brain just will not be as sharp. Your mood 
has definitely affected. And I think sometimes even myself, I don't realize you know, there'll, there'll be, there'll be days I'm like, why am I just feeling so like uptight or cranky about everything or whatever it may be? And then I'll realize like, oh, wait, like I, I did not get good sleep last night. And, and, and it really, really does affect yeah. affect mood throughout the day. There's no question about that. In terms of just general overall health, for sure, very, very important for good immune function. And I know this from personal experience, Lainey. So, so I, me being a, um, a healthcare worker, you know, I did not stay home. You know, when, when COVID hit, I didn't, didn't have one day off of work. And you so, didn't. I didn't. worked so hard for so long. <laughs> but you know, what was interesting was that, you know, I had so much exposure to COVID those first, that first year, two years and never got it. The two time now, now that it's, we're in three plus years, <laughs> I have gotten it twice. And both of the times that I got it, Lainey, literally came on the heels of me being just absolutely at the end of my rope in terms of, um, you know, rest and sleep. And, and it came as a time where just was so busy leading into the holidays, travel was not getting good sleep at all. And then COVID finds me and hits me pretty hard. And so, you know, it's certainly if you aren't getting good sleep, you know, moral of the story is you're going to be a lot more susceptible to um, even just picking up run of the mill viruses and sicknesses. Um, your, your cells just aren't going to be functioning as well. Let's see what else. Metabolism. And we, I can't remember if we've touched on this before when we've talked about exercise and nutrition and such, but I mean, if you get good sleep, you will be much more likely to be able to maintain weight and or lose weight if that's what you're wanting to do. You will have a difficult time maintaining your weight well if you're not getting good sleep. The reason for that is because when you don't get good sleep, it causes an increase of the stress hormone called cortisol, which is released by our adrenal glands. And high levels of cortisol often lead to fat retention. It leads to utilization of muscles for energy rather than fat, rather than fat, sorry, which I just find fascinating. You know, high, chronically high levels of cortisol just is, is just bad for you um, overall and, and bad for your health, bad for your metabolism. Um, and, and lack of sleep definitely contribute is a contributing factor there. Yeah, and we're gonna we're definitely gonna talk more about cortisol in the next episode or so when we get into stress and definitely like the long term health risks of of chronic stress because it I think I think more people it's an issue for more people than they realize oh, by far absolutely absolutely um so let's see what else I mean high blood pressure heart disease diabetes dementia all of these things. Um, lack of sleep is definitely associated 
with the development of of these chronic illnesses, chronic diseases. So it's crazy how uh, many of those just all connect to Nikki. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Oh, that's right. That's exactly right. You know, what I mean, you so often see that triad of, you know, obesity, high blood pressure, diabetes, hyperlipidemia or, you know, uh, heart disease, all that. One leads into the other, feeds into the other. And and it's amazing how many just basic fundamental things that you can do and and I think at some point down the road, we're going to get into a more, you know, more detailed episodes about chronic diseases. But, you know, for now, we'll just say that there are very, very, very basic fundamental things that you can do to prevent yourself from developing them and getting good sleep is one of them. Yeah, so let's pivot to going through just some, like we did kind of with the exercise and nutrition stuff, just giving some tips for you know, how to, how to help us sleep better. And I should probably just let you talk for this segment. I I shouldn't say anything. (laughs) No, throw stuff in there, Lainey, for sure. Um, okay. So yes, this is, uh, something in the medical world, we kind of term sleep hygiene and, Really, they are just things that don't involve any sort of medication or pill or anything like that, but they're things that can help you prepare your body to get better sleep. And I think that there is the temptation in a lot of people's minds to just discount them. Like, I don't think that would really make a difference. I'm here to tell you (laughs) that... Evidence and research definitely shows that it does. I can tell you anecdotally and experientially that it does. Um, it may not be 100% across the board. I am not saying that there is not that one person who might follow all these tips perfectly, Lini, but uh, is still having trouble sleeping. But I do know that they can be a huge help. So well, I'll just start down the list here and feel free to chime in whenever you want, Lainey. Um, one definite big piece of advice try to be winding down about at least an hour prior to whatever time you're aiming to be in bed and sleeping. You know, if you are going at a hundred miles an hour and then expect yourself to drop into bed and fall asleep, that's just not going to happen. No. Wait, what? Are you sure? Is that <laughs> guilty not of that? Happen. <laughs> um, dimming lights helps, um, you know, like 30 to 60 minutes beforehand. If possible, avoiding electronics. I know that's really hard to do, but in so much as you can at least somewhat start to detach yourself from your phone in that hour prior to bed, the better. And even like I've, I've read too, in that hour, definitely trying not to use it, but leading up to that, like even dimming the light on your phone, like the, Mm, you know, the background light mm -hmm. can make a difference. I think that, yeah, that makes a big difference. For sure. Let's see. So, uh, trying to get in a shower or bath in the evening, uh, it can, it can massively help to just go to bed feeling clean. Um, I know a lot of people shower in the morning and you certainly can do that if you want. Uh, I, I tend to shower at night and I, I just find it to get myself, you know, in that sort of just clean, more relaxed mood is, is just going to be super helpful. Obviously, yeah, that's a good tip. yeah, yeah, it's it's something, and and I, actually, I should put a caveat to that one. 
I'm not sure that I have ever, I've seen research (laughs) um, on that. That is just more of an anecdotal thing that I have picked up over the years and heard a lot of people say that it helped and, and we'll see it on, uh, on sleep hygiene, just, just different tips and stuff on sleep hygiene. It's just trying to get clean and showered before bed can help. Yeah. But no, no medical evidence that I've seen on that one. So I'll just clarify that. No caffeine after about 6 PM or earlier. If you feel that it needs to be earlier for you, I know there's some people that say they can't really do it after about 3 p.m. and that's fine. Yeah, that's that's kind of my my caffeine window. And even like I can't even drink decaf um, because it still traces bothers me. Yeah, just, yeah, trace. Mm-hmm. There's traces of caffeine and decaf. Yep. So just being mindful of that. Now, I mean, the weird thing is, in a good old Italian household, like you will have coffee after dinner. And for some reason, when I am with my family and we are just doing family dinners and we have coffee after dinner, it doesn't bother me. But on the regular, definitely not, not doing coffee after dinner. Um, I wish it didn't bother me. Yeah. I don't know. It just... And so, and and keep in mind too, that would include things like soda, uh, chocolate, caffeinated tea. Uh, So, you know, if you're needing that, that nighttime drink, I would do like an herbal tea or something not caffeinated Mm -hmm. can really be sleepy time tea. I've tried those before. And who knows, maybe that, you know, there's a placebo effect there. Well, maybe for other people, not for me so far, but Um, okay. Some other things that can help having a made bed and relatively clean sheets, you know, can really be helpful. If your bed is one of those that is just always a mess and there's clothes piled up on 60% of it and that, and I'm not here trying to preach at anybody to be a neat freak. And I definitely, um, that would be extraordinarily hypocritical of me to do that. However, um, in regards to your bed specifically, definitely just sort of having that, that clean bed can really be helpful just in relaxation. Yeah, that's interesting. I, when I grew up or was growing up, that was one of the things I was supposed to do is make my bed. And I, I am like, you know, if somebody tells me to do something, I'm a pleaser. I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. I didn't want to disappoint my parents, but making my bed was like the thing I absolutely hated because it made no sense to me. I'd be like, "Mom, I'm just gonna come back and get in the bed tonight. Why do I have to make it in the morning?" So I definitely maybe that's why I'm not sleeping, way. Nikki, because. <laughs> Yeah, because I don't make my bed, apparently. It's caught up to me. I am not going to sit here and say that I I make my bed every day. I'm just not even going to lie, but I try. (laughs) And I will say that I do find it to to be a a difference. I I really do. Like getting into that. All right. I do. That's maybe maybe we're we're recording this at night, so maybe before I going to bed tonight, I need to make the bed first, and then make the bed, and then get into it. <laughs> yeah, that seems completely <laughs> ridiculous. But all right, what's what's the next tip here? I don't know about this making the bed one. <laughs> my goodness. Okay. All right. So ah, uh, this this is going to be a little bit of a soapbox of mine, but being in many, 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 many homes over the years with children. Um, and, and I love kids so much as much as anybody. I just, I, I, I'm such a kid person. However, I'm going to say 
Y'all need to get your kiddos in bed earlier than you are planning to go to bed so that you can wind down um, and get yourself in a place of physical and mental relaxation. I just cannot tell you the amount of, and I feel like it's just increasingly becoming an issue of kids, young kids are up just all hours of the night, you know, even if parents trying to put them to bed, getting them out of bed and listen, I'm, I'm not here to give, I am not a parent, so I am not here to judge anyone, but in so much as you possibly can, let's go ahead and try to get the kiddos down as soon as you possibly can. And it may take some time to just get that relaxation or uh, I'm so sorry to get that that routine in place but it will be worth it yeah that seems that seems reasonable I don't have kids either though so I can't I know I can't yeah <laughs> I can't act like it's an easy thing to do yeah I know another one uh Nikki that that I think has has helped me especially like as so many people work remote now like definitely not using your bed as a place to sit and do your work during the day like because it's just going to confuse. <laughs> it's going to yep. confuse your mind. Yep. Using the bed for sleep only is definitely on that list. What else, Lainey? Um, yeah. I mean, I know one thing that I've read a lot about is um, getting getting sunlight yep. and even morning sunlight, even exercising. So kind of cueing your, your internal body clock, your circadian rhythm yep. to like, I say this, I haven't done it, but try and get out. Well, it's cold right now, so I'm not going to <laughs> get out in the morning, get that sunlight, but even walking like 10 to 15 minutes right when you get up in the morning can get your metabolism going. It helps cue that circadian rhythm. So far, I can't say that it has worked for me, but maybe it'll work for someone else out there. <laughs> and getting exercise too. I, I always find that just in general, I sleep better on the days that I exercise. And and honestly, I mean, and it, your rest days here and there are totally fine. But I, I do notice that if I go multiple days without exercising, Lainey, that I will start not sleeping as well. So getting in some good exercise too. Don't eat super late. Um, that, that's kind of another thing. You know, eating and snacking super late can definitely kind of keep you more alert, less, less relaxed there. Yeah. And being someone that, that has dealt with acid reflux for many years, that's also something that can keep people up. But if you've just eaten a big meal and then, you know, go to bed and lay down and you have reflux issues, that burning or, you know, whatever issue you have that, that can trigger that and also make it harder to sleep too. So another reason not to eat late. Tobacco and alcohol, both, can cause issues with sleep. Uh, nicotine definitely is a, a stimulant. So, I mean, of course, we don't want you to smoke <laughs> at all. But <laughs> if you are a smoker, safe to say, <laughs> we are not going to be encouraging of smoking at all. But, but definitely uh, smoking towards bedtime can keep you awake. Alcohol, I know a lot of people think alcohol will make them sleepy. And it does often uh, make you sleepy and can relax you. However, there is the potential, Lainey, to disrupt sleep like later in the night, um, tending to not get as good a night's sleep. Oh yeah, bedding. I think just making sure you've got like good pillows and blankets and mattresses and things that are just comfortable and that work for you and different people are going to have different 
preferences and that's totally fine. Yeah, I know for me, I've noticed lately, like I need something a little heavier, like a weighted blanket. Because it, like if I don't have something heavier on top of me, I don't relax or something. I don't know. It's it's weird. I haven't figured it out. It's just another one of my sleeping issues. And then I'll say, you know, another one is the temperature. Yeah. So huge. You know, I, I can't sleep if I'm hot. But also, if my feet are super cold, I can't go to sleep either. So sometimes like I'll get to sleep in socks or something and then end up kicking them off during the night. And then years ago, somebody gave me a tip and it's brilliant. Like if your bed is super cold and your feet just can't get warm, put like a hairdryer down there and warm up the sheets and it works like a charm. Yes. So brilliant, but not too long because... You don't want to don't want to light you don't your cause on fire, fire thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. yeah. Well, what about Nikki? From your angle, like as far as medication supplements, what what would you say? Yeah. When it comes to getting better sleep. So I'll just I'll just throw a few principles out there. The first thing, Lainey, that I think I would want to say is guard against being on either end of the spectrum. So. Um, I would not, if you are having some struggles with sleeping, I would not necessarily jump to medication. You know, really look at things, look at what might be contributing, look at some of these sleep hygiene tips that we've given, see if it's realistic for you to implement some of them. I would say try to do some things before going to a medication. That would kind of be the the one end of the spectrum is don't jump to a medication too quickly. On the flip side, I would say, you know, I know a lot of people who are very opposed to using meds for things like this. And and that's okay. And that's understandable. I mean, you, you know, you're not wanting to get yourself hooked on or addicted to pills. And I get that. So I am very cautious. However, what I will say is that there is a place for medication. If you are really having trouble sleeping, you have exhausted all other options. The thing is, at the end of the day, when you look at the risk-benefit analysis, Lainey, the dangers that you are going to cause, the potential hazards to your body by going without sleep for weeks, months, years on end is going to greatly outweigh whatever potential, oftentimes I should say, is going to greatly outweigh um, the potential risks of taking a pill. To, to help you sleep. The, the health risks of not sleeping are just so great. So medication should be used in certain circumstances. It should be used cautiously. It should be used under, obviously, the direction of a doctor. Don't be borrowing your friend's sleeping pills or um, you know anything of that nature. Definitely speak with your doctor. Use that. You know, definitely very important. I did want to address melatonin because that's probably the one, Lainey, that people, you know, are just the most familiar with and they'll go to it. You can get it over the counter and, and people will also kind of, you know, often use it first line if they are, are wanting something to help with sleep. And so just to clarify really quickly, so melatonin is a hormone that is produced by a small endocrine gland in our brain. And um, it, it's kind of a, what I would call a circuit circadian rhythm hormone. And 
And so it sort of helps regulate our circadian rhythm, that sleep-wake cycle. And it's primarily responsive to light and darkness. So melatonin, when it's dark, your your brain is going to naturally release more melatonin. When it's light, it's going to release less. And so that's kind of the way melatonin as a hormone works. So it is sort of, you know, a more, quote, natural thing, right, that your brain produces on its own. And it has been shown in studies to be good for short-term use. Long-term use is questionable. You obviously... It's long-term. Yeah. So if, <laughs> if we're talking about weeks and months on end without a break in there, you know, I would start to just get a little bit, like you don't want to down-regulate any hormone that's being produced by your body. You don't want to shut your brain off from producing that hormone. So what what I... Yeah, that's... Sorry, go ahead. Well, that's just a question that I, I have for me personally, but also like, you know, kids yeah. that... Are on it are every single night. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I think I, I don't love it. And again, there are people who do it and they're fine. I would caution. I would really caution. The best way I think it is, I think the best way to use it and, and the way I would advise um, some of my patients to use it, like try it for two or three nights in a row. Get your body more adapted to a good sleep and wake cycle, get more in a good circadian rhythm, get it in that routine, and then, you know, try to go a couple nights without it. And you would be surprised, I think, how much you you can kind of help regulate your body's rhythm that way. And so uh, I think melatonin can be super useful in in that sense and but yeah i i would use use a lot of caution with giving it to kiddos a lot of times honestly laney just just putting that ipad away is is gonna do wonders for getting them to sleep so that's that's melatonin just wanted to address that because it's more popular also of course there's other over-the-counter things and a lot of them are you know you might just see them it, it just might be labeled sleep aid or something like that and a lot of times what that is is Elaine's is Benadryl or doxylamine, which is in the same class of medications as Benadryl. They're antihistamines. And a lot of us are familiar with them for like allergies and stuff like that. But you know, they can also make you drowsy, especially the first generation antihistamines, which tend to make you more drowsy. And so again, you know, you can use them for a night or two if you are just a bit desperate. Thing with these ones is you're likely to develop a tolerance. So 25 milligrams of Benadryl may work for you for a while, and then it'll very, very quickly start to not work. So similar, you know, to melatonin, I would say use it when you need it, but try your best not to be on the habit of it every single night. Then, so those are the the over-the-counters. There are several different classes of prescription medications. Uh, one that I just majorly caution people against is the benzodiazepines. So this is your clonopin, Xanax, things of that nature. And and I have major concerns about benzos. Um, maybe we'll talk about it more in a future episode, but they can be extremely dangerous, extremely habit-forming. They can cause seizures. There are some physicians out there that will prescribe them kind of willy-nilly. And I, I would just strongly caution anyone against just getting a prescription for Xanax. Um, very strongly. Yeah, cautioned. that's, yeah, yeah. I've heard my dad, especially he, he's a pharmacist for years and him 
talk about those. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're dangerous and they, they, it's become increasingly clear over the years that, that they're quite dangerous. So yeah, then, so yeah. that's that's a lot, Nikki. Yeah. I mean, there's a, there's a couple just like th- there's some sedative hypnotics, some uh, antidepressants that can be used um, off label. The sedative hypnotics are probably the most effective. Your Lunesta and Ambien and things like that, again, can be helpful. Be very careful not to abuse them. They are controlled substances as well. Some antidepressants like trazodone, things like that, they can work well for sleep be aware of their side effects. It can cause weight gain. Um, they are antidepressants. So just be aware of that. They can cause, uh, uh, have what we call anticholinergic effects, which is like dry mouth and things like that. So um, again, any one of these, you know, can be used. I, again, I just think the big caution is just really be mindful, be very careful to not abuse, to not overuse. You could end up doing more harm than good. I hope all these things. I hope there's something in it that works for others. And if you have sleeping tips that you think that we didn't cover that you think might help me, please also send those along when you send us your questions for the Q&A that we have coming up. Yeah, Nikki, I'll I'll just close, we'll close out this episode with just a little bit of reflection on scripture, just reminding ourselves that, you know, it's one thing if you're trying to go to sleep and trying to to get the amount that you need each night versus just night after night choosing to stay up late and not sleep. There are certainly times for that. We know that that the Lord sometimes spent the night praying and there can be certainly good reasons for that at times. But if we're just intentionally night after night depriving ourselves of the sleep that we need and kind of forgetting that God made us as limited beings and and that's okay. It's a good thing. That's This is just a way that we can steward our health and honor the Lord and how we care for our bodies. You know, I know when I was, I was 19, I had moved to Georgia. I was getting my personal training certification. I was by myself. I didn't know anybody and I had trouble sleeping. I had some uh, some neighbors in my apartment complex that kind of scared me. And so I was just, I had a lot of, of issues going to sleep, but there was one verse that I would just repeat over and over trying to get to sleep every night. And it was Psalm 4, 8, where David talks about, he will lie down and sleep in peace for, for the Lord is the one who makes him uh, dwell in safety. And then Psalm 127 talks about the Lord gives sleep to his beloved and you know, those are those are precious things. I can ask the Lord for help with with even, you know, these things that we have to do every day. And I know for me, and and maybe this will kind of resonate with others out there, I'm a perfectionist, recovering perfectionist, right? I've said this before, I'm very performance driven and I have to watch that. Even though like my personality tends to be more kind of high strung and kind of go, go, go. And that can counteract sleep or kind of, you know, getting, getting my mind, my body ready to sleep at night. I have to watch my thinking throughout the day of, oh, I have so much to do and letting myself just think, okay, now that I've got this, I go to the next thing, the next thing, the next thing, check it off, check it off. Because that's still kind of that drive to achieve everything that I need to get done in my day. And it's definitely not a calming mindset. (laughs) And if I don't start kind of transitioning from stopping, you know, work or writing, whatever I'm doing until 8.39, 9.30 at night, like that, that's hard for me to sleep. And so I, 
I recognize those things and working on those things. But yeah, these are these are helpful reminders. Hopefully some things that we went over um, will give you a little bit of insight into how you can sleep better. As always, we appreciate you all listening. We're grateful that you subscribe, that you share our episodes. Uh, again, we, we've said this before, but it's kind of built week after week. Our, our numbers just continue going up. So we're just grateful for y'all listening. And again, send us your questions on, you can message us on Instagram, Facebook. Uh, my email is on my website, landyguerre.com. You can also do that there. We look forward to hearing it from y'all and uh, we hope you'll join us on our next episode. 